Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain a leadership advantage as Ralph holds wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. If you were to speak to um, other guys who are in a role similar to yours, and they're it's not going as well as it's going for you, which usually means my senior pastor gives lip service to things, but is, but nothing, you know, I'm not really allowed to do the kind of things that, that you're doing. What kind of advice would you give them about, uh, and, and, and this may not, and this may be a dumb question, even, but what kind of advice would you give about, here's how to stay in relationship and support your boss. Uh, and then win permission to do the things that, that you feel that God put in your heart. What would you say to a guy who's a, who's listening to this thing? And he's a little bit discouraged and he's confused, trying to figure out what's going on. And and maybe even in listening to this, he's half mad at you because things are going well for you and not for him. Uh, what would you say to this person? Uh, patience is key. And that's easier said than done. I've struggled with that a lot. Um, I don't want anyone to think it's everything's uh, evenly just happens automatically and everything's going. Some people that does happen, but I've had a lot of time sitting in the wait and getting ready, but I had it brought to my attention and uh, my wife constantly speaks in my life and she brought it back to the time of focus on the people. That's what you have to do. And once I changed my focus and mindset off of my timetables and what I was going to do and then put my focus on the people and seeing them in a stronger relationship with the Lord, them with stronger relationships with people, you begin to actually notice the fruit more instead of the negative of me being in the same place. So if you happen to just be on a treadmill, not moving anywhere, look around you and see the fruit that's actually happening. And if you're at a place where you're not seeing that fruit, I pick a few people that you can build into. And at the same time, work on yourself. I've taken so many uh, seasons or times to work on myself, to read other books, to make sure I continue being a student and I'm taking in any way that I can affect other people. Um, You know, one of the benefits of going through this pandemic and our benefits is I had to get more tech savvy. And uh, through that, I've been able to expand my reach a lot more. So this also doing these uh, podcasts and interviews, this helps as well. So maybe you need to start looking outside of the box, too, of what God's called you to do, that maybe you're, you can go in different evangelistic ideas or different ways that you can start reaching people. It doesn't have to be A to B of where you think you should be going. God could be trying to expand you in other ways. So spend time, pray, talk to him. And let's see what direction he starts pushing you in. Because uh, I, I haven't had a, a straight ride in ministry. It's been U-turns and, and swerves along the way. But I, I'm, I'm blessed where it's been. I've gotten to meet some amazing mentors and people. And I think it's all been used for good. That There are times I've hit my head against the wall uh, or I've been checking the clock. But 
God uses that in some way and somehow to better myself in the long run to, you know, speak life in other people or challenge myself in other ways. That's really cool. Be a blessing. Um, I mean, this, this helps. Uh, it's nice just to talk to people because it's, um, we have been dragging our feet a little bit. I talked to someone like Randy and he's ready to go plant a, a church like tomorrow, <laughs> but <laughs> the rest of the, the team, we're, we're finally starting to, uh, we looked at a building two days ago where we're thinking about uh, having a, a final location for our home church finally. And it seems like a strange time to bring up, hey, maybe we can do this too in the future. Uh, what What's your take on, <laughs> is there, should I have a waiting grace and bring it up later? What would you personally you think? What, a waiting grace about what? Uh, I don't want it to seem, the, my biggest red flag is I never want to seem like I'm taken away from the mission or the values of our current home church uh -huh. and thinking I want to go plant somewhere else and take away from what we're doing here. Because um, I'm not sure if the whole team is on the same page. Do you have any yeah, advice? I, I have a suggestion and it may, it may be a bogus suggestion, but what would happen if you were to get permission first? You got to get permission and not just from mm -hmm. the senior pastor, from the rest of the team, the, the top team, or else they'll undermine you. That if there, if, and this is all predicated on that you're thinking of some, some community within fair driving distance mm -hmm. that you would go, I want to be a bivocational pastor. And I, I would like to start a microchurch to, to, as an experiment, uh, I can, you can get, you know, you get, I learned early on, uh, don't, don't ask for permission, ask for, per, for forgiveness mm -hmm. later on. Um, but the other thing I've learned is don't ask for permission to do something, ask for permission to make an experiment. And how I learned that was mm. my staff was all, we had, we had actually a rule. You have, you, if you're, you have to find your own replacement. If you're going to leave or, or we're going to graduate you to something else, there needs to be two or three people that we can choose from that are your replacement. But that, that we're only going to hire somebody younger than you to take your job. So constantly as I'm getting older, the, the, the staff is either staying fairly static age-wise because maybe a guy was 35 when he took his job, he's 39 when he leaves, and a 32-year-old takes his job. So we're, we're, we're always hiring younger. So, you know, I found myself the only guy using Windows in an Apple world. Um, I found myself... Uh, I'm a baby boomer. We're aggressive, you know, kind of as we were coming up, our, our, we're reactive. We're seeing church as kind of dead. And our attitude is we're taking this thing over and we're you show us what you did because we're going to do it better than you. Today, we're in a kind of similar thing. Uh, I was disgusted that the church that I grew up in was, uh, it was before anybody had the term, it was a seeker driven church. We had, if, if a guy would accept Christ, in Hollywood, four weeks later, he'd be preaching in our church. He knew nothing. And one of those guys, there was a TV show called Bronco Lane. And the actor, I loved the show when I was a little kid. The actor preached in our church. I thought that was a really cool thing. But, you know, looking back, he had nothing to say. And how I know he had nothing to say was 20, 25 years later, 
he became a member of Hope Chapel Hermosa Beach, and he still didn't know the Bible. <laughs> so, so you know, so we have, we reacted by saying we're going to take over and do something better than you. And the Jesus movement hit. Today's Gen Z and and the millennials are reacting, but their reaction is, "You're stupid. We're we're walking away from you." And and so, so there was this aggressive, "Let's go do this." Part of me. And I got people your age and a little younger who are going, no, 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 we don't want to do that. Write this one down. Pastors, the word pastors, and then the letter N, and then the word sneakers. Pastors and sneakers. Oh, yeah. On Instagram. It's shocking. I I only heard about this this morning. I was in a prayer meeting with some other people, and it's like, oh, my gosh. I am absolutely shocked. But But our guys were enthralled with those guys. And so... If I wanted to do something missional, I, I would just get pushed back. I'm the lead pastor, but you know, I kind of, I, I always have believed in you drive to consensus. You don't accept consensus, but I'll drive to consensus. We're going to work toward changing everybody's mind so that we're all on the same play page. But I, I found that if I wanted to do something, they would on, uh, always, almost always, the younger they got, the more they, they were like the old people I used to know, they'd say no to stuff. So, so then I started coming in, you know what, I got an idea. What could we just maybe uh, just try this for six weeks or let's just try this for eight weeks. You know, let, let me see what happens. I'll do it. I'll just go lead it. You don't have to do anything. Just, you know, can I do this for, you know, for, for six weeks? So my advice to you, it would be this, this is idealistic. There's a, there's a town within 30 minutes drive from you a location neighborhood where you might want mm -hmm. to be a pastor eventually and you get permission as an experiment from journey the church to 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 start something out there and maybe you'll just start it and hand it off but you start a micro church while you're there so the model that we're putting out that i did in that 3m book for exponential the model that, that i built off of is in sri lanka church when I first went there, there were 350 people. When the pastor first became the pastor, there were 25 people. And then he shrunk it down to three. <laughs> and then he ended up casting demons out of this guy. And the guy is like clothed in his right mind. And the church started to grow. So I get there a few years later. There's 350 people. They started churches all over Sri Lanka. And I meet, have you read this book? The mega multi multi not yet okay it's, on the list. it's yeah. free get it anyway okay. what happened is i go down there i speak there's a civil war i'm scared out of my mind there's guns everywhere that i'm in a market and they go oh here's where they blew up the market two weeks ago and there's all this damage and people had died and they sent somebody it was the, it was the tamils in the north that were rebelling against the country there's three major people groups the tamils the singalese and uh i forget there's a third name for the people who are descended from their mixed race, the, the Brits who ran the place and Sri Lankans. Anyway, uh, the, um, the guy, go, he, you have to have a passport in your own country. So he's a Tamil, he has a passport. He goes up to escort the Tamils to the seminar that I'm doing and they arrest him, even though he's got the passport. It's just, you know. So the last time I'm in the country, I, they, I'd been staying in, in a family home. They put me in a hotel and my ride to the airport doesn't show up. In the airport, you can't even drive a car into the airport 
you you get in, you fly in, you get out, they put you in a taxi cab, which drives you to the gate. And then at the gate, you walk through armed guards. There's another taxi cab that drives you into the city. <clears throat> and about every kilometer, there's a machine gun nest. I mean, I'm frightened. Wow. And I'm in this hotel room and a guy isn't showing up. And I don't have a phone number for anybody in the country. And I don't even know how to use the phone system. But my secretary at home had arranged the whole trip. And I'm just totally, I can't even call the pastor. I just was with this morning. And so it's a Sunday night. And so finally the, the ride shows up and he's got this BMW that I have never seen. And I'm a car guy. And so it hasn't come to America yet. And I go, so where'd you get this car, man? And he goes, oh, I don't want to talk about the car. I don't even own the car. It's a company car. He goes, I'm going to tell you about my church. And I'm thinking he's talking about the church that I was in this morning. And he goes, I pastor two churches, one Sunday afternoon, like four o'clock, the other Sunday night at seven o'clock. Tonight was my last night in my 7 p.m. church. It's quite a drive away from here. Um, and, and they threw a party for me because it's my last night there. I raised up a disciple. He's taking my place. But next week, I'm planting my fifth church. I do two at a time. Next week will be my fifth church. My family stays in the mother church. I was there this morning to hear you preach. I go into neighborhoods where I wouldn't take my children because it's dangerous. And and I and I've and, and next week I'm starting my fifth church. So then we get to the car. And I and, and he goes, again, it's just a company car. And I go, what kind of company gives you a car like this to drive? He goes, Well, I own the BMW distributorship for the country. And he owns two or three. Uh, dealerships the guy's filthy rich and he's serving the poor by planting churches and taking jesus there wow. so you know this model of i'll be I'll, I'll be bivocational i'll stay in the church i'll support the church but i'll do this out there could be an escape route for somebody like you who's trying to figure out how do i get to where i where i'm supposed to go next but also even if you go out there and then you just hand it off to somebody and you stay in this church, you're now in a position, you've gained this experience that you can pass on. You can be Randy Weir to a bunch of other guys and, and whatever. So, um, yeah, that's, I'm excited about knowing you. This is, this is really good. I hope this develops into a friendship. So. Yeah, me too. And like I said, it's, we went through, uh, let go of the ring and then, uh, just to hear your interviews with it, it feels like you know the people like I knew Aaron uh, when you interviewed him <laughs> and though your interviews with Mike is what I don't know I, I called Randy right after your interview uh, I know it's a couple sessions but I think after the second interview with with Mike Kai I called him I was like this is us Randy this is so cool what, what you and he have uh, he's he's done the same thing with me and it, it's just it's a I don't know. It's just so much fun to, to fun. learn, pick his brain. And <laughs> yeah, that's great. No, I, I appreciate the opportunity and your time. And like I said, I'd love to continue chatting in the future and getting to know and pick your yeah. brain even more as well. So let's, let's do thank it. you. Okay. <laughs> uh, I want to say thank you for doing this. Uh, really important. I, I think this is going to be really fruitful. Um, but before we go, if, if there is there a way that people could contact you if they got a question about something that you said they want to learn a little bit more 
um, that that you feel comfortable putting out. And, and by the way, you can say no to this, but I mean, at least give us the church website. But if there's an email address that you wouldn't mind putting out, um, is there a way that people can contact you? Yeah, I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody uh, anytime. You can go to our website. It's uh, journeythechurch.org, or you can personally email me. Uh, it goes by my name, Dustin, at journeythechurch.org. Um, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, Dustin Anderson. So feel free to find me on there. I'll chat. I'll help in any way that I can. And it's just been a pleasure getting a chance to, to talk to one of the, the leading voices of this whole movement moving forward. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for the interview. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.